Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you may be. Welcome to episode 133 of Vukatini by podcast titled Quarter Finals for the second year in a row. As always, your host, Mike. Today, we have a, a light crew here. We got Jason. Jay, how are you? What's going on? How's and everyone? Oscar, down in the Sunshine State. How are you, Oscar? Very good, very good. After <laughs> a excellent performance by our team. It is, yeah. It's another another W, another important W. Um, we got a lot to cover today, so we will get right into it. Before we get started, <clears throat> just want to thank everyone for all the likes, the follows, the subscribes, the shares. Um, we had had a goal to hit 31,000 by the end of the season. We are now well past 32,000 on Facebook, um, about 300 away from 33,000. We uh, surpassed our 550 mark on YouTube. We're close to 600. We're knocking on the door of 2,000 on Twitter. We surpassed 700 on Instagram. Um, and in the last month, we reached, just on Facebook, uh, over 1.2 million um, viewers on our page. We had engagement of almost 300,000. That includes like, share, subscribe, or like, shares, comments, um, and we had four thousand two hundred and ninety-nine new followers on just on Facebook alone. Um, those are just some quick numbers that I pulled before we jumped on. So, huge, huge achievement over the last month, um, and we thank everyone for for following us. And again, if you like us or not, uh, it just takes you five seconds to hit a like or subscribe. We don't make any money off of it, but the bigger we get the more opportunity we have to have, um, you know, more powerful guests on the podcast in terms of interviews and conversations. So we appreciate it. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Benfica 5, Bruges 1, aggregate of 7-1 in the Champions League, stamped our place into the quarterfinals. Uh, huge achievement for us. Um, I had some stats here. 54 years since we made the quarterfinals and back-to-back -back years. Uh, and that's the first time in the new Champions League format. Um, so quite impressive. Benfica also has the longest invincible record in the new UCL format to date, which is 13. That counts all of this season plus the draw last year against Liverpool. Um, so we're on 13-game unbeaten run in the Champions League, um, which is the longest current run um, in the new format of the Champions League. So impressive impressive record um roger ball is working well we're going to talk about that a few situations in regards to the game some players some opinions that we're going to get your thoughts on we'll talk about all these saves renews his contract today till 2027 i know he has divided um the fan base there's a lot of people that are on his bandwagon there's a lot of people that are still undecided of people that think he's not good enough for the team we'll get your thoughts on that um, and I have some questions in regards to uh, Domingo Sardes Oliveira, who's rumored to be leaving the club. Um, also around kind of the, the entertainment factor around this with the lighting, um, public speaker. There's a lot of questions around the public speaker at the stadium in regards to the fans. So lots to talk about. And then Oscar wasn't here for our predictions in terms of the Champions League. So we'll get his thoughts on who his want and who his avoid in the Champions League is for the next round. Um, and we'll run through mine and Jay's uh, predictions and how they stand. Um, Jay so far is perfect. Mine 
Not so much. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, before we jump in, para a malta que esteja a ver em português, uh, esteja à vontade de participar aqui nesta nossa conversa. Todos percebemos português. Podem deixar os vossos comentários na caixa de comentários em português uh, e nós iremos abordar as suas questões. Uh, quickly run through the chat here. Red Baron, welcome back. Good evening, folks. Nick, boas, hell of a win yesterday. Let's keep this train rolling. I hear you, man. Let's keep this train rolling. As always, leave us your thoughts, your comments in the uh, comment section, whether you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, um, Twitter, for some reason, since they got rid of Periscope, doesn't push the Twitter comments into here. So if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, please engage in the conversation. Give us your thoughts. Give us your comments. Boys, five to one yesterday, emphatic victory against Bruges. Um, I mean, we knew that Benfica was superior going into this game. Um You know, although we looked a little shaky in the first maybe 15, 20 minutes in Belgium. Um, uh, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't expect this performance at home. I expected a, a confident and uh, a good performance given the superiority that we have over them and given their current form. But I did not expect this. Um, starting 11. Bloco de Grimaldo, Otamendi, Tony, Ba, Auschwitz, Chiquinho, Florentino, João Mario, Rafa, and Gonçalo Ramos. Oscar, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Rafa comes in for Rafa and Chiquinho come back, back into the 11. Ned is on the bench. Um, there was an uncertainty of whether Roger would keep the team the same way. Ned, well, he puts him on the bench. He still came in and scored. So how do you, I mean, any surprises? Were you surprised by any of the, the changes in the 11? Um, and how did you see this game? Surprise, no. I Like, we were all like basically didn't know what to put in anyway so any 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 starting 11 that he was select wouldn't be a surprise to me though um you know net is it, it just it just sucks to have to choose one of the guys like to leave in the bench those guys are top players right so net is ended up standing on the bench and we all i mean you guys mostly agree that net has is, is been phenomenal coming off the bench again he proved that he comes in scores a goal um we don't know by his facial expression if he's ever mad or happy or sad or so he's neutral he's he's like i'm like fine let's keep riding him because he's he, he doesn't show any of him being mad at this right but uh but man we we came into this game yesterday and i just you know when he could play put on a show i know i know they they had a nice lead from uh, from uh, belgium right coming back with a 2-0 lead it's easier to to kind of play with that result but man that the how they flow the game the game how it's played doesn't matter who they put in there the game seems to be seamless like it, it's 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 beautiful to watch i was watching the commentators on uh, on whatever the the channel that i was watching the game on i think it was that uh, um who was that henry and somebody else oh, and they CBS. were yeah and they were talking like you know it's fun to watch this game this team play because they play with such like a, a, a form like a going for mentality um that they and they, they as well they play defense well right so like it's it's just fun to watch and i i, I don't remember the time other than that and i'm going back to george zeus when we had the cardozo and and aymars and all that that i've seen Benfica play this kind of style which it's 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 awesome for the fans and it kind of proves that the way the fans are coming to watch the games how they are interacting with the team it, it it's because how they're playing and it's 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 awesome to watch it's awesome to be part of this this uh this uh momentum that they have going and I mean I, there's nothing to say about the game the 5-1 was it was a it was just part of the it was legit like expected at this point I mean, we came out of the gates blasting, right? Jean-Marie yeah. scores that flick in the first minute, um, called off sides, but 
I mean, just the the environment in the stadium, the fans were electric. Um, oh, they were nuts. Yeah. Right. And I think I don't think that <clears throat> again. I, my question to you, Oscar, before I pass it back to Jay, is um, all again we expected a five to one. I guess what do you what do you read into this team and and maybe Rogers and his staff's mindset that he's built into this team and ingrained into them the fact that like my expectation was we're going to come in we're, we have a two goal lead we're going to come in we're going to score one goal and we're just going to kind of ride that's it out right right and, and that's you know, and that's how smart. they used that's that's and how the you team the didn't team do that right yeah. like they just kept going for it and like when they scored the fourth goal and the fifth goal like they were celebrating like it was their first yeah. mm-hmm. right and like do you th- do you think and i've heard i've listened to some other podcasts and, and do you think you know some people are saying that it's a mix of the players and the mentality of the players. Um, and others are saying it's the mindset that the coaching staff has ingrained in them. Others saying that it's coming from the top. Like, how do you look at it from that perspective, right? Like, is it is it a mix? Is it more on the players? Is it more on the coaching staff? Because we're coming from a couple of years of, right? I mean, we've seen Jay pass, right? There were games where we smashed and there was others that like we could have smashed and we kind of like took our foot off the gas. Yeah, held, right? so, like, back, right. How do you see it? What's your perspective I see, on it? Like, and I'll tell you one thing in what, what's what I think it's a mix of everything. It's a mix of like the coaching staff implementing this kind of game style, but you saw like, I, I, I could expect like, Oh, we played Bruges. Maybe that's why we're playing like that. And we kind of like took over the game, but we did the same thing as Juventus. We played basically head to head against the PSG and we're not scared of them. So we play the same kind of game. The system was there, the same system. We are attacking football team, right? So so to me, it comes from the coaching staff giving these guys confidence. And um, and it's almost like it reminds me of the time where where um, Scolari used to co- coach um, the Brazil 2002 World Cup like, and when yep. Brazil won it, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. I saw Ronaldo, I saw Rivaldo, I saw all these guys. I'm like, just go have fun. Play your 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 game and enjoy yourselves on the on the pitch. What am I? He's like these guys are playing phenomenal because they're confident. They're confident, and we can't you can't say, hey, we have a two two zero lead. Let's defend this and go go to the quarterfinals. These guys are playing their asses off. They're not conceding a lot of goals. Let them play. Let them play. Let them play their style, the style that they like. João Marius come out and said, this is the style the, the style of soccer I like to play. Players have come out and say, like, you know, this is this is exactly what was missing in Benfica is this style of play, which is offensive. And yeah, I, I agree. think you should and I, play. And I think um, you start to play in the mindset of, like, let's just see it out. Um, I think that's when you run the tendency of players starting to get into bad habits, right? Because you're not – you're just going through the motions, right? right you're right, not right. kind of – you take your foot off the gas. On thoughts on this game, um, you know, and, and similar question that I asked Oscar, I'll, I'll pose it to you, and then I have some questions about your favorite buddy, number 88. <laughs> um, yeah, but like Oscar kind of said it. This game was kind of it was we just dominated the whole game. Um, I, I, I was happy that we didn't kind of take the foot off the gas. I think the atmosphere in the stadium was rocking, and I think that has something to do with the players kind of going out there as well and performing like, dude, these fans are over here jumping up and down. There was a point, I think it was in the first half or early second half, the fan, like they just kind of zoomed around the whole stadium and people were just jumping, like screaming. And the players feel that momentum, feel that, feel that presence. And they, they wanted to put on a show and, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly couldn't like, it was a game that we had in hand we we controlled it. This is the best I've seen Befica play 
since um, the break. I, I would say this is probably their best game. Um, kind of bringing back to the, the style of play that we were playing before the World Cup break. Uh, I just I just thought that I'm happy for the team. I'm happy for our fans. Um, I'm ha- obviously happy for Gonzalo Ramos and and Rafa, João Mario. It, it, like I felt like this was a great team win. Grimaldo played really well. Um, I, I just thought it was an excellent game. It, it was a game that we we never had, we never lost control of. We dominated, and we're on to the final eight. And, and just and Jason, just remember, like like uh, João Mario's flick at the beginning, right? Oh. Look at the look at the confidence that these guys are playing with. Rafa's goal, Rafa's Dude. goal. The easy thing would have been Net, Net, goal. Net's goal with Gonzalo taking tackle. Dude, it was unbelievable. It's yeah. just a flow. And, 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 uh, and Rafa's goal, right? The way he yeah. turns on that player and then he, he p- kicks on the outside of his foot. To yeah. I thought he corner, fucked right? it up. I'm going to be I'm like, honest. Because oh, he, he had Joe Mari right there. Easy thing is just lay it off to Joe Mari. Joe Mari taps it in, yeah. right? But the confidence these guys are playing with, it's unbelievable. It's like these guys are just having fun. And, and, it's, and, and, the, it's, and the best part of it is we have players like Gids on the bench. We have players like Ned is on the bench. And, and I know we, we always be like, oh, I want to see Rafa play. Dude, I don't care. Throw a fucking 11 out there. If that doesn't work, Roger had, like I've seen, Roger doesn't, is not, isn't scared to take guys out at halftime. He's done it. Uh, if something's not working, he switch it up. And we have depth. So use it and go with it. Like, yeah. just trust. Like, I, I, Roger has done very few mistakes, in my opinion, this year. Um, people can criticize his substitutions and criticize this or that, but overall, he gets an A plus for me so far. The only substitution I ever criticized Roger was putting Brooks as, as a striker. But other than that, <laughs> is he even on the team anymore? No, he's not. no, he went to Germany. That was other desperation. Than that, other than that, when, I am when you're okay. playing Xbox and you go all out attack, and you just, I mean, Sporting does it with Coates and it works. I know, but Coates scores not. goals. Brooks just yeah. follows. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but he only had a couple of chances. He's never played striker in his life. Do the guy a break. Um, before I just ask you the question, I'm going to run through these comments quickly because we've got a lot of names in here. Um, George Zabillo says, Viva Benfica. Well, about Adi, I really think we can find a better option for goalkeeper. About Domingo Suazo Oliveira, what do you guys think about Naranja Lopes taking his place? We'll get to that. Uh, George, welcome. Steve says, let's hope Inter passes and we get Inter. Would be amazing kicking Inter out. Double of the taste. Uh, Philippe says, uh, hope we get Chelsea. Steve says Chelsea slowly getting stronger. Taylor wants Porto. Um, Philippe says I want Spudley's boy if he could give a lesson to Enzo and John Felix. Joaninha says I think it's the tone at the top for sure. Uh, Steve says yes, me too. But keep an eye on Chelsea. The last three games they did have a good team, just not playing as a team yet. Um, Steve says I want to avoid them. George Zabilo says 100%. Nick says Roger Ball, such a breath of fresh air. The willingness to win rather than playing not to lose is amazing. And I think this is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Right. Wanting to win rather than playing not to lose. Right. Because right? And when you, you play you, not you, to lose, you run the risk. Just, just remember, it, the old mentality that we used to have, coming back for, for this game, we, we were playing to keep the 2-0 that we already had a, a lead on, right? Exactly. Yeah, on aggregate. Yep. So so we can see one goal, and back in the day, everything goes into shambles. And then, yep. oh, shit, like here defending balls, like a, a, a 10 guys behind the fucking ball defending the whole game, right? Yep. But this mentality is, still, is totally offensive that, like, we don't have to worry about that, which is awesome. Yeah. Red Baron says, most attractive soccer I've seen our team play for quite some time. 
Juninha asks, random question. I heard Gonzalo Ramos makes a super low salary because he's still on a juvenile contract. What would be the expectation now that he's becoming such an essential asset to the team? I'm going to flag that because we're going to get to that. Um, Nick says, we have a, we have great depth, something that we're lacking at the start of the January transfer window. Great job by management to address that area. Agree, right? Like Jay said, having, you know, Annette's on the bench, that's in form. Having uh, Gonzalo Guedes on the bench, that's in form. Um, right, makes a huge difference. We talked about not having players that could come off the bench that were explosive and could make a difference in the game immediately, right? And like now we have them as long as they're fit. Um, Josh says, I'm not sure about it. I don't think he'll still be a juvenile contract, but they spoke about our renew the contract after they solved Grimaldo and Otamendi contract. So they'll raise the salary. So, Jay, I was going to ask you about Gonzalo Ramos, um, more from the performance perspective first, and then we can talk about the other pieces. Um, listen, I'll put my hands up. <laughs> I was one of his many critics um, and one of his many critics in the sense of like, I didn't feel like he was a natural goal scorer. Right. I knew that he had potential. I think we all did, but I just felt like, and I think the numbers showed it at the beginning of the season in the sense of like his efficiency wasn't great, but again, he's 21 years old, right? Like first full season as a starter, but like that comes with time, right? Like I don't expect him, you know, you're not, you're not going to always find the Hollands of the world and the Mbappes that are going to get a one chance at the age of 19 and, put it in the bag you know every single time but i must also say in two months this guy's efficiency has been ridiculous um Honestly, and i yeah. think it comes with with what oscar was saying right like the confidence naturally when you're confident it just starts to happen right yeah. it just starts to flow and he's taking more risks i mean that second goal that we score Whew. you know he takes it on the left he twinkle toes around two defenders and buries it that pass that he takes you know he comes down the line on the first goal he picks that cross out to rafa right like those are things that like maybe he didn't have the confidence to do at the season now right he's just like in his second goal right left footed just comes in slowly i watched the replay three or four times just comes in slowly bang left footed didn't try to kill it didn't try to smash it he, he scores the, a lot of those goals a lot of those he goals. Does. Near he's post, a, he's a, near post he scored yeah. a lot of poacher goals right over the last yeah. i mean he did against sporting same thing um yeah. My question is going to be, and I know what your answer is going to be, and then I'll ask it to Oscar. Like, are you, given what we knew, right? And I naturally, obviously, you're going to say, no, you're not surprised. But are you surprised realistically at, like, how his evolution has been from then till now? Well, you're right. I'm not, I'm, I am not surprised. I, I guess from the beginning of the season that he would have 30, 30 goals and probably mid-teens um assists and he's on his what made you there. think that though I, i'm wondering I'm, what made you think 30 goals it wasn't proven before so what made you think he had 30 goals in him? i don't know that's what i said on the podcast you can i know but you, you just aimed high but you didn't, I, put, you didn't. I put numbers up because I, I just felt like he he fits the system he was a true number nine i've seen him do it in the b team and i think that playing behind darwin last year kind of affected him a little bit he, he he's not a behind the striker he's a striker he's he needs that's to where be, he started to play though as a young kid yeah in that midfield but but to me is he's a striker and he's proving it and he scores goals in so many different ways he's we name of like i don't even think darwin scored as many goals as with with his like corner kicks on on headers and stuff than ramos did this year i think ramos is good on those uh uh first post corners he we've seen him score goals from there He's good with his left foot. He's good with his right foot. He can make little moves. He can pass the ball. I, I think he he is a great number nine. And I completely agree with you. There came a point in the middle of the season that I was like, ah, maybe he's not going to get to that 30. But the last two months, like you said, the guy is on a fucking tear. Like, I don't know 
what the hell he's doing. I don't know if he got embarrassed by that video he did during the World Cup or whatnot. He wants to just get, prove himself that way. Like I, I just, I just think that the guy is playing out of his mind. I think he, we're not going to hold him personally. I think at the end of the season, I think he's gone. Um, there's going to be a another hundred dollar, hundred million dollar player in my opinion, and it's going to be him. But um, it, reality, I, I, I'm not really surprised. I. I did think that he was going to score a couple goals this game. Like, it, it's just happening for him. And I I just – I'm I'm seeing, like, an evolution of a, a number nine for a future for Portugal, uh, future for Benfica, hopefully, if we can re-sign him and no big club comes in knocking. But I, I am not – like, people can complain about his efficiency. I never really thought that. I mean, I have – in 33 games, he's played for Benfica. He's got 23 goals and nine assists. So he's been involved in in a goal for Benfica every 77 minutes. That's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty fucking good for me. I mean, that's just my opinion. I have nothing else no. to say. I, I'm a big Gonzalo Ramos guy. We could I could talk about the guy all day. Wait, what I were just, the numbers you said? I got I when I looked up, I got 33 games, 23 goals, and nine assists. So 34 games, you might be missing one. But yeah, 34 games, 23 and 9. <clears throat> yep. No, and, and I agree. I, I think it's it's good. Um, Oscar, are you... You, I think, were on the same boat as me in terms of yeah, we mean, were I more mean, pessimistic uh, than optimistic. I'm just going to no, no, plug something can in. I one, can I ask Oscar one question? Sure. Where was Chuck? Chuck? Dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll, no, no. Let, let me, let me. At that time, when when Chuck was uh, was was uh, competing with guy, uh, Ramos for a starting eleven, right? You think Chuck is a guy that's proven himself? Not too much, not on the club level, but in this last town, at least with Ukraine, that gave me guarantees, right? When it came to Gonzalo Ramos, he hadn't given me any guarantees, and I, you kept saying Ramos is going to be. So it's a good gamble. It's absolutely a good gamble because he's proven to be a good striker, right? But he had nothing. To show for it until, and I said, I'll, I, I'll give him credit when credit is due. Like, and right now I'm giving him credit. If I had a hat, I'll take it off for him because he's phenomenal, right? He's been playing, and I think it comes to what I said earlier: the team playing it doesn't matter who you put in there, it, it'll, it'll, they'll, they'll shine because the team is playing such as, as a team that it, no matter if, if you're decent, you'll be fine in that. In that, Shikinyu looks like a superstar. And last year we talked about Shikinyu being horrible, right? So Shikinyu looks like people are calling him Zidane. Are you, are you kidding me? Like this is Shikinyu playing for mid, uh, midfield in Mifika. We couldn't we couldn't adapt Samaris, Pizzi, Tarapt. We couldn't adapt any of those guys in the midfield, but we can adapt Shikinyu, right? So, oh, I so, agree. so like right now, Ramos is is part of that 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 eleven that it, like he's in there. He's taking advantage of because the team is playing as a whole and it's playing it's playing awesome. That chemistry between the three top four guys. Is unreal. They they play for each other and it, and it works out. Um, the way the Ramos plays works out on this team, and I agree with you. Like uh, he, he's a guy that can that can run that doesn't sit inside the box the whole time. So it works for him because the way we play with the tiki taka that we're playing right now, like the Barcelona of the old times, it's working for any striker to score a lot of goals. And it, he, Ramos is taking advantage of it. I I take my hat off out to him, and I really hope he's the starting starting striker for Portugal. I mean, to, to talk about Ramos, and you mentioned it too, like the way he puts pressure on defenses too helps. Like Ramos is a runner. Like he, he can run. He runs yeah. pretty much the whole game. And 
any you defense. Don't you, don't, you don't see that from Chuck. No. You didn't see that much from no, no, Darwin. No. You didn't see Different that much type from, of player. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. But, like, that helps in gaining possession in their their half of the field, and we can kind of go up. And he, now, he's right now he's finding the right spots to be in, like a striker should. Can um, can I can I be concerned about something though? I I'm concerned that he leaves too early. I'm concerned that he leaves at the end of the season. I'm concerned that he becomes another Nelson Oliveira. Right? That's that's gonna, my I'm the biggest concern. There is Manchester United is looking at him. Right? Manchester United is looking at him. He goes to Manchester United. You think he's going to take Rashford's spot? No. He's going to come off. He goes on right exactly. bench. So, 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 so it's going to be like one of those. Depends where he goes. Depends how much time he plays because he can become another Renato Sanchez. He can become another João Felix jumping around because he can't get a he can't get a, another Gonzalo Guedes. A Gonzalo Guedes, right? So that that that's what my concern is because right now in Benfica it's shining, but once you go to Manchester City, Manchester United, you're not going to have that kind of that kind of minutes. I, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Like obviously, I want, I just think he's going to leave. I, I think no, money, yeah, of course. I think it the will, money's going to be too much yeah. for if you're going to say no, and it's going to be his contract's going to be hard to him to no, say no. I agree, but yeah. I completely agree. I think he could use another year at Benfica, stay, develop more, and then go off and do your thing. Like I, I completely agree with that. I can't. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And then, and the thing is, if he goes too early it, because he looks at money, that's his career. It's his career, and he should be learning from other people's mistakes, right? And maybe sometimes he has no choice. And sometimes, like the team, like, hey, I need to sell you. So, you, you know, do you, you have to go buy up either, right? But in this case, I don't think Ricosta would do that. So, uh, so he just has to be smart about his career and not do this dumb mistake of leaving early and then riding bench. Hopefully, Man. hopefully, Gids is in his air and letting him know some details. Seriously. On that. <laughs> yeah, to let him know what his experience was like. I'm going to ask you guys this question. And, and it was a good segue because. I didn't tell you guys what this question was going to be or in the agenda, but it it's funny that you guys mentioned it. So we all mentioned, right, like performances like this from Gonzalo Ramos bring attention, right? And that, in my opinion, being Benfica fans or any team in Portugal, we naturally are a selling club, right? And naturally, again, in my opinion, our mindset is going to be turned to shit. How long are we going to have this player, right? We did it with Ramirez, right? He was here one year, gone, right? Enzo, five, six months, gone, right? And I don't know if you guys followed our WhatsApp group, but there was comments back and forth yesterday about this. And, like, the comment is we have a negative mindset. Why should a good performance in Europe or a good performance from a player trigger us to think, oh, they're going to leave? Oh, someone's going to – like. Do you guys think that's a negative? Like, I don't think it's a negative mindset. I think it's a realistic mindset. I'm not saying we need to sell him because he's great. I'm saying that he's crushing it. It's going to be very difficult for us to keep him. Yeah. People are looking at it in a negative way and saying, oh, it's a negative mentality. It impacts the players. It impacts. Like, do you guys see it that way? Because I don't. Look, I'll tell you what. Well, how I see it. I see it is Ramos is making 1.2 million a year. He goes to Chelsea or Manchester United, he's gonna make six to seven million a year. That's what I see. Can Mifika pay him seven million a year? No. So, so there, there, that's the only difference. Like, that's why we think, hey, yeah, he's gonna go. He's gonna go. He can't keep him because we cannot pay him seven million a year. Not, don't talk, I'm not even consider, worried about the, how much they pay for him, right? I'm paying, if we keep him, we have to match the salary that the other team wants to offer, and we can't. Yeah. And I agree. Like, like, 
what the fuck does Ramos really care what we get, what Benfica get for him? He just he's gonna look at right. what he's getting per year. Exactly. So like I I, I think that's kind of I think that's kind of dumb to be honest. Like I don't think that's a negative mindset. It's it's like what you said. It's more realistic because when you put numbers in front of Ramos, you're like hey, you want to keep playing at your childhood club for one point five, or you want to go to Chelsea for seven point eight? Like it's it's a fucking no brainer. Like any of us would probably choose the the higher yeah. salary. It's it's like when and, you go for a job here and you have two job offers, which one are you gonna usually take? You're usually gonna take the one that has pays you the more money. Right. Real, realistically. Right. And I think that and this kind of leads into the other piece of the conversation, which is right, there's always ways to kind of slice and dice the cake in terms of the compensation, right? We can give you a lower salary, but we'll give you a higher signing bonus, right? Otavio did that at Porto. Um, right. So there's there's ways to slice and dice it. But the realistic part of this is that each one of these players have one to two big contracts in their career, right? And Neil says, will the Ramid keep up the good work? Thanks right. for tuning in, Neil. I know that you'll listen back after. Um, right? These guys got one to two big contracts in their career, right? Someone comes knocking at your door with you know five, six times the amount that you're making today in a league, again, that's far superior. I'm not even looking at the club, right? Chelsea, there's not many clubs in terms of history that have than Benfica in Europe. I mean, let's be honest about it, right? There's maybe a handful, right? Now, there's a lot of clubs that have more financial stability and possibilities than Benfica, right? And that's what's going to drive a lot of these players is, right, if I make this contract, I can set up the future for myself, my kids, my grandkids, my great-grand... Like, that's a lot of and money. That's, and that's what ends, ends basically is mindset. Correct, was. correct. And and the way I'm looking at it, right, so there's ways to slice and dice this. And um, who said it here in the comments? Steve says, can we do something about Grimaldo? Guy is worth a renewal. And here's what I'm going to ask you guys. And I got into this conversation on our WhatsApp group the other day. And those of you tuning in and listening, um, you know, jump in the comments and let us know your thoughts. And I'm going to go back to the comments after we touch on this. But what was being said in the WhatsApp group was, you know, Grimaldo apparently was asking for like a crazy uh, sign-on bonus, right? Which other teams are willing to give him again because financially they can. So let's just say ten million, right? He want—I think it was like twelve million or whatever. But ten, let's just say ten million, an even number, ten million sign-on bonus plus what you're going to give him for the contract, right? And the example that we were talking about was Otavio. I think Otavio was twelve million sign-on bonus plus his four years of salary right so say he's at the salary cap two million right that plus 12 that's 20 million investment over four years right and the what i was defending was even if we can afford that sign-on bonus i think it sets a terrible precedence in the locker room because grimaldo says hey i want 10 million right plus my salary mifika says great okay you've earned it this season, right? We've all sat here in the last two years and talked about how Grimaldo has been up and down. He's crushing it this year. It's a contract year, right? If we sign this huge investment and he drops off next season, right? That's a fucking terrible decision for a club that isn't a Manchester city. Isn't a PSG, right? We don't have those deep pockets. We don't have the luxury. My concern is if we can make this investment for a player like Grimaldo, can we make this similar investment for a player like Otamendi? Right? He's at end of contract and he says, Hey, if you did it for Grimaldo, why can't you do it for me? And then someone else comes, right? Like, and I, and I think we set a terrible precedence in the locker room, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Jay, I'll start with you. First of all, we shouldn't be taking any financial advice from a team 
that's in the hole like Porto is. Um, well, that was just an, a, a real, yeah, no, real I, life I, example. I, yeah, I just wanted to put that dig yeah. in. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's smart because then if you're going to pay Grimaldo that, so what, what's Juan Mario going to be worth? You're going to have Correct. to pay him more. What, what's, what's Rafa going to be worth? You're going to have to pay him more. Like, it's just you're going to put your team in fi- financial crisis after a while if you keep doing these contracts. To be honest, I, I love Grimaldo. Like I like the way he's playing this year. I, I there's there's times that I question his 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 defensive mentality. We all do. And the last two years, it, I thought that a lot of goals came from his side, and I was okay with letting Grimaldo go. But the way he's playing this year, like you said, contract year, dude's balling. Every time we get a free kick, we always go on the group message he's like, "Oh, this is going to be another one." Like we. we I mean, it doesn't go in all the time, but we always think that it's going to go in because he's been that good. Um, he had a couple more assists. Like the guy, the guy's a machine this year. Would I like to see him stay? Yeah, but I wouldn't fucking spend crazy amount of money. Like I think he's a left back. I think you can find a left back somewhere. Um, hopefully, it's just as good as him. But if not, then you would have to make do. You're not going to pay crazy money for a left back. That's just my opinion, especially a team like Benfica, where the money needs to be spent on probably the forwards in the midfield and probably the center backs. Those, I think, those are more positions that you probably get paid more, in my opinion, than the right and left back. That's just my my two cents. And and my argument here was right, and the guys in the group chat were like, "Well, what's the difference if you spend invest twenty million on a player over four years, or you go buy a player for twenty million? The difference is, is that in the locker room. The player sitting next to you just got a huge fucking chunk of change in his pocket. If you buy someone for that money, that guy doesn't have the money in his pocket, right? So, like, there's a yeah. there's a difference there, right? Yeah. Benfica investing that in a player or giving that money to another club, in my opinion, is very different. Oscar, thoughts? No, I, I totally agree. Uh, Benfica has to have rules within the within the club of things they how much money they can give a player knowing that they have to give the same amount of money to the next player, right? And that's how you keep a locker room happy. If you go ahead, oh, Grimaldo is going to leave if I don't give him $20 million, then that's, that's you, you are right. It's, it's basically setting a, a precedent that it's not well for the locker room. We, we, saw, we saw with Vigo when he came in, uh, how, what it did to the locker room, right? Vigo came in making a salary above, above everybody else who's already on Benfica, and that kind of divided the locker room. And from there on, you saw what happened. Um, we can't do that with the current team that we have. Um, cause we have like, to me, like it's a unity, like we have a team playing as a whole and one guy, Grimaldo coming in, which to me, it seems like he's in a good group with Jomari, with the Raf and those guys, Chiquinho and all them c- coming in and say, now, like you said, like I, they just gave me $20 million for the four, for four years. I'm going to be here. You guys are still making the. 1.8 and 1.9 million a year. So that's that's that's. Uh, I don't think that's healthy for the locker room. I hope they don't do that. I hope they agree to give people raises, but not a lump sum like that. That would just absolutely set up set a fire on the on the locker room. Yeah, and the example that I use, right? And and Steve says here, mm-hmm. soccer is all about the moment. Every player is worth what he's doing at the moment. Right now, Gri is just one of the best out there. So think about it. And I I agree with that. But the way I'm looking at it, right? And and my real life scenario is. Look at Arsenal five years ago. We paid, we gave Ozil a crazy bump in salary, right? He was way above everyone else. 
and then Obama Yang, and the club struggled for years to stand back up because there was just such an offset of gap between the highest paid and the next ones down. And that's my concern is if Benfica, and, and again, Arsenal is a club that financially has the backing, right? Benfica is not a club that while we're financially stable and we have our own assets and, and we're in the positive, again, we're not, if, if we're not capable of giving someone a sign on bonus of 10 or 12 million and keeping them at that salary cap, and we're not capable of doing that for the next person that comes in line or the next person that comes in line. I think it a terrible precedent. And I think you're setting yourself up financially for a huge nightmare to then reestablish that. And again, this is a club that has had its issues in the locker room, right? Maybe not financially driven, but personalities, right? And like when you get the right mix of egos and mindset and personality, money can ruin a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? And, and money changes a lot of personalities and changes the way people act. I'm not saying that Grimaldo would be that person, but there's always that potential. And that's what worries me, right? Like if we're going to make such an astronomical drive there, I think that there's a huge risk. For all I know, it could work out extremely well, right? And it could work. But I just think it, it's, I think it's a high risk, potentially low reward. Um, but again, I, I, that's just my opinion. Says it says, and welcome says that I think it's a new name. Um, I would spend that money for Guerrero instead of Grimaldo. What do you guys think? This year's Grimaldo is 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 just it's just the, he can't compete. I mean, I like Guerrero. He's always hurt though. So to me <laughs> is to me is like a, it's very it, you know. I like him. I like him. I'll take him at Benfica anytime. If Grimaldo left. Guerrero would be my second option to come to Benfica. Obviously, his salary would have to be reduced to what Benfica can afford. Uh, but I, but I wouldn't switch right now. Grimaldo for the rain. Jay, would I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't switch either. But um, if if Grimaldo doesn't stay, so like one more thing I wanted to add about the the whole lump sum thing. When if he could spends twenty million dollars, it's usually for a guy that they thinking down the road that they're gonna sell for a little bit more than that. You're gonna get return on sometimes your investment. It sometimes it doesn't work out like the RDT. Where we, I mean, well, we, we, still, still, we still made it back. We st- no, we still made yeah. our money. That's what I'm trying right. to say. We always try to make our money back somehow. Correct. And if you're paying Grimaldo, like Grimaldo is already up in age a little bit. Like I'm not saying he's old. But 20, 20, 28. So nice. if he, so if he gets another five year contract, he's going to be in his early thirties. This is like his last big contract. Yeah, you're yeah. not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get twenty million for. Yeah, but Grimaldo but back. but most players that that are in their prime don't stay the whole contract. They stay if they, he's doing having a phenomenal season at, at thirty, he's gonna get bought by a by a bigger team, right? Yeah, but so, you're not gonna pay. You're not gonna pay a lot of money for a thirty year old. You, the reason why Benfica makes so fair. much money on these on these deals is because we're selling Joel Felix at 19, 20 years old. We're selling Darwin at 22, 23 years old, and a left back. How much did Nuno Mendes go to PSG for? Forty five. Yeah. And he was like 19. Yeah, and he's young, right? Like you're if Nuno Mendes is going for 45, how much are you going to get for Grimaldo? You're probably going to get like 5 million. 20? <laughs> I mean, 20 would probably even be a stretch at that age, right? Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. But like for me personally, if Grimaldo doesn't stay, I would like for them to kind of probably go find another – or or um, give or give her a find like another chance. Nordic kid, yeah. Nordic kid uh, from up north that they're having. <laughs> and I've, see if we can find a left back. 
I don't think we have we've, we've given Rich Siege a, a chance. I mean, because Grimaldo's been phenomenal, but I think I agree. He, he might he might, be, he, he might be he might be he might be a good left back. To, exactly, to he could probably be the guy that fills right in, and like we don't know that because we haven't really seen much from him. Yeah, George says. Uh, my question is: the last few seasons he was not playing that great. Why is he giving his best now when his contract is about ten? Again, it's a contract year, right? They're always looking for that big payday. That's what no, I don't, I don't agree, agree with that. Asked for. No, I don't I, agree. Salary is if he wants to stay, Benfica should raise his salary, but not that much. I don't agree with that because we just talked about Ramos, right? Everybody in Benfica, João Mario, another player. Last year, we all said, dude, it's a flop, flop, flop. And this year, well, what, half the season. Yeah, well, I know, but but he, yeah. he had a, a few, a few at the beginning of the season, he looked like a superstar with JJ, and then, and then Verissimo came in, and then but he Grimaldo, didn't play. And Grimaldo's had seasons where, right. for like, a, like half the season, he looked yeah, phenomenal. He's been here, too. what, eight years now? Right. So, so like, depends on the, how the team is playing and the performing. And right now, everybody's performing well. So, uh, so yeah, Grimaldo looks phenomenal. She's just like Ramos looks phenomenal. João Mari looks phenomenal. Chiquinho looks phenomenal. So, it's about the team and momentum. And I think uh, it's everybody's looking good this year. I, I know how to solve this left back problem. Go get go get Nuno Tavares back, dude. Oh, dude, get... stop. <laughs> stop. That's oh Oscar's god. new boy, dude, from what saying. Oh my god, Nuno that Tavares. guy. Jesus. He's I'm sorry, I'll pronounce his he's... name correctly. Felix. Felix. You're he's, still he's playing well in Marseille. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm American. I say Felix. <laughs> they asked him in a presser the other day yeah. how to say his name. And he they were like, Do you care? Do you get annoyed? And he's like, No, nah, I don't care. <laughs> Um, let me run through some of these comments real quickly. Let's see. Where did I leave off? Um, Nick says, I liked Adam Chuk, but he just doesn't fit Roger's scheme. He isn't mobile enough. He's better suited staying in the box waiting for service. I think that's what Jay touched on, right? Like, Ram was more mobile, yeah. presses from the front, helps a back, right? And Yadam Chuk's not that type of player, right? And when you're playing in a system that doesn't fit your strengths and only picks out your weaknesses, right? Like, it's difficult for you to be able to perform. Um Let's see what else. Dave was talking about Gonzalo Ramos. He could become the next Kai Havertz. I'm assuming he's referencing the fact that Kai Havertz has looked terrible at Chelsea. Although I think he's playing out of position. I don't think Kai Havertz is a striker. He didn't. He Leverkusen, but Maybe that's Chelsea where he's knocking on the door for Ramos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neil says he won't stay and get stupid money for him this summer. Rui Costa won't be able to say no. Um, there's rumors that he's going to renew in his release clause. I, right now is at 120 million, um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be difficult for us to keep him in the summer. Uh, Nick says Ramos is far better or far superior than Weghurst is. I think a cone is more superior than Weghurst. That guy, I don't know what the <laughs> hell Man United was thinking. That guy's terrible. I mean, he's, he's well, like I don't know what for, He's a Paulinho for Sporting. He actually he, he, he's a body that can hold the ball, and he, he allows Rashford and all of them to play Man. well around him. I think if they had like an actual a in that spot how deadly that front three would be the way rashford's playing i feel like that guy like holds you guys back i don't know what the hell's going on um nick says hopefully stays one more year that would be phenomenal neil said portugal is a selling league unfortunately agree um julio says so possible i agree he um george says Benfica can't can't afford any crazy contracts um let's see what else uh dave says he'll go to a juventus when they lose quadrado or something and earn six million a year is what it, it is what it is he's talking about grimaldo the rumor is that juve is on the radar for him um 
Nick says he's actually playing decently for Marseille. Yeah, I was about to say that. He's actually scoring <laughs> goals and playing well. Yes. Um, Josh says, I understand your argument, but I don't forget what Grimaldo has done at the end of the season. So for me, he's still kind of a, he's still on probation um, <laughs> for what happened at the end of last season. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I see both sides of the argument here. Um, one last question I have here in terms of the game. Um, the Bacalhau brothers, as they've been called uh i thought that was a good opportunity for one of them or two of them to get some minutes um given the results um, but they didn't come in and do you guys see that i don't know if you guys have watched the b team games i've i've caught a few um and i felt like the two of them still are off in terms of the level that we would expect to see at benfica um maybe sheldrup i think is maybe closer to being at that level than than casper is um wanted to get your thoughts does that kind of show is it more of they're not at that level yet or is it more of roger showing his expectations right because you know instead of bringing on a Neves or a joel neves he could bring on one of those guys right and give them some of those minutes in the stadium in a champions league match um or is it more roger saying listen like i know you guys are hot prospects but you're not at that level yet and you need to earn it, right? Like, even though we're up four to one or four zero, and this is a game where we could just throw, you know, clear the benches as they call it, right? I'm not going to do that. You need to earn your spot, right? It, how do you guys see that? To me, is like, how do you put a kid like that over an Addis? <laughs> like, what are you telling that Addis? Saying Addis, sorry, buddy, you know. But I mean, the but, game's pretty much the the it is, it's pretty much Nettis wrapped up. It's Champions League. You don't think Nettis wants to play in a side of the loose? Yeah, yeah, he does. I agree. You don't think Gonzalo Guedes wants to play in a side of the loose? Yeah, he does. So putting these kids in, I get it. It's giving them minutes, and you have to think about, but are they ready for it? Maybe not. Maybe that's why he hasn't put them in. And But, I mean, like, are attacking – and maybe given Ramos uh, – but who's take out Ramos? Musa's right there to yeah, go Musa, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, man. I think those kids have to wait their turn. Like, just like Antonio Silva. Do you think ever, Antonio Silva ever thought, oh, shit – I'm gonna start for Benfica this year. No, with with a uh, Verissimo and uh, and Morato on the bench. No, 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 he didn't. But he grabbed this chance. So those kids have to be ready for that chance. And when they do have one, grab it. So I I kind of have a similar take. I think that there's they they have too many guys in front of them right now. Um, I also think that there is probably an adapt. Uh, they need to get adapted to our league a little bit more. Um, I haven't personally. I only saw like one or one one and a half games probably. Um, and it looked like, like Mike said, they looked like a little off um, from what we probably expected. But hey, who needs the Bucket Yow brothers when we got little John Snow playing upstanding in the midfield, huh? He yeah, played pretty well when he came in. That's Joel yeah. Nevs, in case people didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got a nice assist. Um, man of the match for you guys. Uh, goal point has Gonzalo Ramos at 8.4 with two goals and an assist. Uh, Did they give it to Rafa and Rafa gave the award to Gonzalo Ramos after the match. Um, Jay, who was your man of the match? Who do you think? 88, Gonzalo <laughs> Ramos. I thought he was a he was the best player on the field. Um, Rafa, I thought to be honest with you, you couldn't. I think Rafa played well, Chiquinho played well, Juan Mario played well. Um, but to me, Gonzalo Ramos was the star. Yeah, Honestly, I yeah. You can't – I mean, I liked all of them. I, like I said, the whole team played really, really, really well. Chiquinho looked really good in the midfield. But Ramos had a, two goals and assists and, and crucial ones to be. The first assist to Rafa is crucial. 
then he scored the next two. So to me, Ramos, a hundred percent. By the way, how did their how did their center back or that Siala guy? How did he not get a second yellow for that PK? So my question was going to be my referee situations here was that Yadam slide tackle to Anshikinu was borderline. Um, 20th minute Lang, that tackle on Chiquinho at the edge of the box was reckless. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? The re- and then on top of that, in the 42nd minute, Lang takes out Ba, and yeah. then Ba gets taken out by another player. He gave Yala, the advantage, the- gave the other guy, gave that guy a yellow card and didn't give Lang a second yellow card. And yeah. that tackle was terrible. Yeah, and then and then did, that was the worst PK tackle I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so and he lazy. Didn't, he didn't even get a card for that. Like I don't understand no. that. That was like Sunday league the, lazy the, tackle. The, that tackle on Gilberto, the PK. Did yeah. he already have a yellow? He already had yeah. a yellow. He, did, he yeah. didn't get another yellow. Dude, he already. Yes. This this is the this is they're gonna. This is the ref being like, dude. These these teams get. This team is this team is out. It's 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 gonna be five five goals right now. Like let them go home and. That was the fourth. <laughs> That was the fourth. No, yeah, that would have been I, the, the, PK, the, PK, like... the PK is the fifth. No, no, PK is the fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PK fourth. is the fourth, but fourth. they were yeah, down 5 0 in aggregate at that point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that penalty was like as lazy Dude, as it so gets. Like, I thought you really nowhere got hurt near the ball. I thought Gilberto was going to get hurt on that because, like, he looked like that was a bad tackle. I was like, dude, did he get like, he came, he off, came off nowhere near the ball. It blew my mind. But it comes to show that, like, we talk week in and week out about our refs in Portugal, and look at this in, in uh, Champions League. This is the best refs from each country, and they make mistakes like this. Who's Scott, Scott Parker, yeah. like an English ref? Scottish? I don't know anything about No, Scott Parker was the coach. Um, I don't oh. remember who the ref was or where he was I from. Just, I'd never I, seen I him read before. Scott Parker, and I was like, oh, maybe that was No, No, that was, uh, that was the coach. Nick says the Bacalhau brothers probably – Two currently, the talent is there, but they need to work for it more. I think the Danish are a few steps behind competitive wise. I agree, right? And I think that's just kind of level setting and setting the standard in the team, right? Like you want to play, you want to get minutes, whether it's two minutes or five minutes or ten. You need to be at a certain level, and we have a high expectation here. Shuanini says, I wonder why UEFA gave it to Rafa. I think it was Mefika asked them to give it to Rafa because if they give it to Gonzalo Ramos, there'd be more attention on him. So they're like, fuck it, give it to Rafa. We don't want too much attention on Gonzalo Ramos <laughs> <laughs> after scoring two goals and getting an assist. Um, I agree with you guys in terms of managing the match. I think Gonzalo Ramos, again, I, I put my hands up. Uh, he's definitely surprised me for the best. Um, and know, every the time ref he was scores. Turkish. Turkish. Turkish, okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him. Um, every time he scores, go ahead. His his first goal was amazing. I think that it was, was his best really goal good. So it was really good. It was. I, I was goal, like, wow. I think I texted Wow like three times in the group chat. I think that goal just shows how high of a confidence he has right now. Exactly. Um, for him to and be. It was able good. To do and that. and like, uh, remember I, when I mentioned like, uh, who do you start or leave on the bench against the family count game, and then against today, yeah. and I said. I would start the same team against them and then Rafa for this game because it would open up Rafa to getting his confidence back. And look at that. And and I, I'll say that Oscar called that. He Rafa looked like he's back yeah. in this game. He looked like he was like the old Rafa. So that was good to see as yeah. well. Yeah, it's good. Um, I agree with the man of the match. Um, so we'll move on here. We're into the quarterfinals. Um, Juninho says it was sad that his goal was off. It was. That would have oh, been an too. electric start to the game. Um, well, man of the match, of course, it's Ramos for me, but Florentino has done a hell of a game again. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Tony had Tony 
tells us the ref was from Turkey. Thank you, Tony. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Tony Silva had 78 of 78 pass completions yeah. in the game. He didn't miss a single pass. And I was watching the extended highlights, and people were like, oh, he passes to the side. Dude, he had yes, a couple yes, of long cuts. balls. Yeah. Yeah. The fifth goal, he plays the long ball to Ramos. Ramos flicks it to Rafa. Rafa to Jean Neves, and Neves to Ned. Like, he plays a 40-yard ball split in the midfield, right? So it's not like he's playing two-foot passes to Otamendi, um, which I thought was impressive. I mean, for a center back, having no missed passes in an entire Champions League game or in a game in general, I thought was pretty impressive. So we're into the quarterfinals. Um, we don't know who we're going to get yet. The only two teams that have booked their place in so far is Milan today. Bayern Munich booked their place today. See booked their place yesterday and Benfica as well. So we got four teams in. Um, Oscar, you weren't here for that first conversation. So I'm going to get your, I'm, I'm at least going to get your want and avoid so who's the team that well, you want if i was if, if if i was if i was here i would have picked milan to go forward i would pick Bayern to go i would have picked benfica and i would pick chelsea to go <laughs> you fucking lied <laughs> of course you would <laughs> of course you would who's your I want right. who's your uh, want who based I... on how you think it's going to pan out all right so i think obviously we have confirmed this is, uh, is milan chelsea I think Real and Napoli are almost confirmed, but not yet. I can't count them. I can't count the other teams out, but right now they look lit. I think City will not let this run go away. So I think City's most likely in. And Porto enter is a toss up. I think enter might make it, but it's a toss up. If the teams that I think are going to go, which is Real, Napoli, City, and enter, my team. I, I mean, I want Chelsea, in this, and this there's a reason why I want Chelsea because I there's this I I I'm pissed off at Enzo, so I want to like somebody. To, I want Shikini to go and like snap his leg, but just kidding, I'll snap his leg, but like kind of tickle it a little bit so he falls over and just gets out. But uh, I want Chelsea. I want Chelsea for for major for the fans that they have. I I want to legit. There's a promise that I made. I won't say on the air, but um. <laughs> But if if he can get Chelsea and they eliminate him, I'm doing this and maybe I'll say it afterwards. Um, <laughs> we're, we're filming this. We're yeah. filming this if this happens. But, but if we do get Chelsea, and that's not and to me they're not the weakest team on the list here, right? That's just bottom. I think uh, we we have a better chance against Milan or Inter than we do against the Chelsea, especially now that they're they're coming through and actually playing decent again or scoring some goals. So finally, they finally figured out how to score goals. But if Chelsea beats us, I swear to God, I'm blocking my phone, probably cr- uh, breaking my phone, changing tossing it in the trash, changing my number, and I will not go on Facebook, social media. I will not be in this podcast for the next three months. But <laughs> so I want Chelsea's Chelsea. your want. I want my want. What Who's I don't want avoid? My void, and this is this is crazy to say, but my void. Obviously, we have the the cities and the Bayerns, all right. That's the, that's obviously the two teams that I definitely don't want to face. But I'm scared of Napoli. I don't know why. I'm scared really? of Napoli. Yeah, I am. But I I don't want City or Bayern. That's my two teams that I you get one you get, pick, dude. Who's your yeah? You only get one, dude. Bayern. Thank you. Bayern's that's what I one. said because we always get smacked in the face. By yeah, them. Bayern is it my team that I don't want. My who didn't did want. I say I, who, Jay who wanted to avoid Bayern. He also he wanted to avoid Bayern, and he said he wanted Milan or yeah. Chelsea. I wanted um, Tottenham, but they got eliminated. So I would I would prefer Milan, right? If I have the choice, 
uh, I'd be fine with Milan. Uh, my avoid was Bayern as well. And and having watched it today, I feel like this Bayern team isn't as good as Bayern of the years past. But get the, the fact that the fact that these guys brought on Nabri, Sane, and Mane off the Inconsil- <laughs> and Cancelo. I mean, four guys that start on most teams. I was like, mm, yeah, I mean, they may not play. They may not be as suffocating as they were in years past. But I think that if they had, if Lewandowski had stayed and they had the team that they have today, they would be an absolute machine. I think yeah. their only gap is the fact that Chupa Moting, I don't think is a, I don't know how the hell he's at this team. I don't think he's a striker for a team like Bayern Munich. But I feel like that's their one piece that's missing. For this team to be basically, yeah, Chupa my thing. I feel like that's the one piece that's missing from these guys um, to really be a machine again. Let me see some of these comments here. Oh, we got a, we got a few here. Let's see. Where did I leave I mean, off? I, I kind of agree with Bill too. Like Real is a team. That yeah, I, I, I thought of Real, but yeah. I, then I'm then I look at the at the league and how they're playing. And I get I get Champions League is totally different from from uh, from the league and blah blah blah. But man, like. We've played Real in the past, and Benfica does good against Real. I don't know why. Like it's they just they Dude. can ma- match up pretty well against Real. When it comes to Bayern, we never do. We never, never do. So never. it's almost like it's well, almost one like, year with Rui Vitoria. Yeah, that one year that that, yeah. that even but typically they they smash everyone. Yeah, they sm- especially Benfica, in Benfica. Like we've had like how many games we played against Bayern? Like, we've had unlucky to be a on lot in the group. last few years. Yeah, and we always get four, five, four, yep. five. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, does this stop? <laughs> yeah, uh, Sheikh Marcelino says after the World Cup, there's a new Ramos full of confidence, doing things he wouldn't dare before, like stepovers and sitting opponents before scoring. I agree. I don't know what happened at the World Cup. Um, but he's definitely gotten a whole other level of confidence, which we'll take. Um, we all know what happened at the World Cup. <laughs> I don't know if that video was from there. That might have been before the World Cup. It came on the World Cup. I don't <laughs> it did come out during the World Cup. Maybe that's what happened. Um, Nick says, I think we match up well against either the Milan teams. George says, any of the Milan teams, I'm happy. Uh, Juanina says, avoid Bayern and Real. Uh, Bill says, avoid Real. That was his avoid was real and bills want was chelsea um dave says napoli is dangerous uh they do look good um I, for I sure um josh says i really don't mind porto if they um, make it through i i mean but i still i'm more scared of porto than probably like milan for some reason yeah he, i i still i with bill with bill picking chelsea that's just so weird to me because he's a child like wouldn't you as a fan of two two clubs you want to avoid each other he's not a chelsea fan <laughs> Bill, well, defend you, yourself. You, you um, so, so. I mean, I don't know anyone but Benfica, but I know you. Some of you guys have two teams, and <coughs> I don't know. I, I I usually don't give a shit who the hell we play. I just want to get the result. But I know, like when we play Arsenal, Mike's always in a fucking pickle. I know he wants Benfica over well, Arsenal. Benfica is always my my main yeah. team. Um, but you, but always, you, you always like try to avoid, avoid them. It. Correct. Um, Bill says Real and the UCL going hand in hand. No matter how they look in the league in Europe, there are different monsters. I mean. That game against Liverpool was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, who the hell going down 2-0 and all of a sudden they score five unanswered goals? I mean, not many teams are doing that at Anfield, uh, especially going down 2-0 early on. Dave says, uh, I don't know how to spell this, say this guy's name, but they call him Kvaradona. Um, the Georgian guy and Osimhen uh, were held in January despite massive big club interest for this exact reason. They're here for blood. They do look good. 
Um, you know, I mean, they got what 15 or 18 point gap in the Serie A. Um, they just I lost, will... they just lost, right? They just lost last weekend. I don't even know, but I will say, like, do the Serie A teams? I think of today. Yeah, look Lazio. that good, right? Like Milan doesn't look that good, and they won the Scudetto last year. Inter Milan, in my opinion, has the best roster in the Serie A on paper, and they don't look that great. Juventus, you know, they just keep playing negative points because they keep doing shit that they're not supposed to. So they, instead of going up the ladder, they're going down the ladders. <laughs> what's going on? Right? Roma is up and down, right? So it's just like, I get that Napoli is is blowing them out of the water in Italy, but like, what's the level of competitiveness in the Italian league? And obviously, we'll be able to see as they progress in this competition. Um, but I agree, like they do look good, but there are many other, there are easily three, four other teams that I would much rather avoid for Napoli. Um, but but, you, but we're talking about like comparing Napoli and Benfica, right? So, but. You you think, but I think Napoli and Benfica would be a good matchup because Napoli plays an open game too, right? But they they're both playing as a as a, which is to me I think Benfica finds the, and in a team like Chelsea they can they can like find their weaknesses better than in Napoli. Napoli is a team just like Benfica. They play as a whole. They don't. They might not have a superstars all that. over the place, and but they play as a whole, that. and that's dangerous yeah. team to play. They're as a more team of a team. As a team. Like they Ajax from the past, right? They play as a team. Yeah. They went to the final semifinals against Tottenham. Like that kind of that's what scares me because those those teams that plays as a team is is it's freaking scary. That's all. I gotta take a screenshot of this, <laughs> Bill. There are external forces making me want us to smash Chelsea. I'm gonna send this to the Blues brothers, and they're gonna kick you out of the club. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna get kicked out of the Blues brothers. Hold on, I gotta send this before I forget. Bill's gonna be exiled from the blues brothers club uh, they're gonna um, they're gonna call him fraud and this and oscar that. knows the external forces no i know i know um Dude, they're all says, frauds. yeah they, napoli won or lost you said they lost one zero this weekend yeah they lost to lazio okay um yeah so there's a lot of different takes here taylor earlier said he wanted porto um philippe said he wanted chelsea steve said he wanted inter um yeah i think i I guess, what do you guys say to, I think I asked, I don't remember, did we ask, did we talk about wanting Porto in the next round last podcast? I can't remember if we did or not. Sorry, I don't think we did that. What did we, did we talk about us wanting Porto in the next round in Europe? I I said I do, I want to, I kind of want to avoid it because if we ever lose that, fuck, I will never hear the end of it. Oscar, what do you? I, like I told you, I'd rather play Milan, both Inter or AC, than uh, than uh, Porto. Just because we, we beat them this last game, but our history against Porto is not the greatest. And and they always find some kind of way to play against us that, that we struggle with. Dave asks a question here. For the big seven or eight clubs with money looking for a striker, would you rather pay 100 for Ramos or 120 or 130 for an older Osim Hen or an Ivan Tony, they appear to be a plug and play striker. Put your guys in, in the shoes of one of those clubs that have that financial capability. Who do you splash that money on? My opinion, if you're spending that much money, there's not many clubs that can spend that money and not expect a return right away. And I think that probably given their age and exposure, you're probably likely to get. I mean, I wouldn't put Tony in that equation, in my opinion. I think Ivan Tony's okay, but 
I don't think he's going to go for that much money. Um, I agree with Bill. I think Kane probably goes in that list, but I would probably, if you're going to spend that much money, you want someone that hits the ground running right away. Ramos, I think, is more of a two, three-year project, similar to what Darwin Nunez is with Liverpool, right? He's got four this season in his first year, but I don't think anyone expected him to hit the ground running in a new league, in a more competitive league. My opinion, I would go with the guy that probably has more experience and is a little bit older that you're probably likely to get hit the ground running right away. But, Oscar, what would you do? All right, say, like, and Bill brought the good point out, like Kane might be leading. Say Tottenham wants to spend that kind of money on a striker, right? Who they want. They, if they're going to keep Kane for another year, maybe, possibly two, then spend it on Ramos because Ramos is going to be right on his shadows and, you know, getting minutes and to replacing him. Now, if you have no striker, like Manchester United has a, a Rashford who plays more like a, you know, behind the striker type of player, and they have the Weghurst or whatever his name is, then you want somebody to come in and score goals right away, right? And I don't think Ramos might, might need a few more a time to adapt to the league. So I don't think he's a player to plug in and play. So I think I would go, if you're going to spend that kind of money, spend it on somebody that can give you results right away. Right and, away. I'm not, and, and I'm not saying the Ramos won't, because I could be totally Correct. wrong. I was wrong about him this year. So yep. he can he come in and, and score, you know, 20, <laughs> 30 goals. But EPL is totally different than the Portuguese league. And Darwin can be proof of that. Jay. You guys know where I'm going. Know. <laughs> you, you spend the money on Gonzalo Ramos, period. Fair. Um, Dave says, Ivan Tony's a great striker. He's got good numbers in the EPL. I agree, right? Like, Ivan Tony looks good at Brentford, but there's less weight on the shirt, right? I mean, Patrick Banford looked good for Leeds a couple of years ago, and he went to the National, and Patrick Banford is an average striker at best today, right? I don't, I'm not comparing him to Ivan Tony, but I think playing for – Having one good season and playing for a bigger club with a lot more pressure, I think, is a, is a big difference. I think of any striker in the EPL that's going to go and make a big splash right away, I think Harry Kane has to leave this summer. Like, so, so how how old is this Evan Tony? Ivan Tony, whatever his name is. He's probably twenty. If I had to guess, let me see. I, I'm going to say maybe. And how old 20. is this other guy, Victor, ooh, the Nigerian dude from Napoli? Osimhen. Um. Let's see, hold on. Let's see, so Napoli. I don't even know how to spell his name. Victor Osimhen is so he, 24. He's saying 24. So I, if I'm going to be spending I've, that much money personally, I've, I would, I would want to go with the younger player because it gives me a better potential to get a return on him. If I'm going to spend a hundred, a hundred and twenty, a hundred thirty on. Harry Kane, then yeah, I believe Harry Kane is a, pl a legit plug and play. Now, that Victor guy, the Nigerian dude, I don't know if he's a plug and play. I like I, I haven't really heard much of him until this year, really. And Correct. the other Tony guy, he's twenty four. Huh? Oh, Seaman is twenty four. Ivan Tony's twenty. Yeah, but he's yeah, Seaman is twenty four. So I mean, he's the same age as Ramos. So how is he a plug and play and Ramos not? Who's the same age as? A seaman. Ramos isn't 24, is he? 23, no. isn't he? 21. No, 21. Gonzalo Ramos is 21 years old. Please put that in your head. Ernst 22 <laughs> in June. Yeah, so he's much younger. Well, I, I personally uh, would go with the younger player to, to see if I could maybe one day make some money off of him. Um, I don't think you're going to 
make money off a guy that's 26, 27, or whatever age that they're at. Maybe the Victor guy, but he's also not proven either. He he, he proves that he can score in the Italian league. Correct. And Jay and Dave says they don't care about resale, and that's the difference, right? Like if you're at a big club, right? Like the Manchester Cities of the world don't care about. I invested one twenty. I'm expecting to sell for three hundred. They have deep pockets, so they don't care. What they want is results on the field. They don't care about the return on investment. Where, from our perspective, a Benfica is looking for return on investment on a big investment there, right? So there's a huge difference. So, I I, I, I just say I would just that's what I would do. What, yeah. what, a, big, what a big club does is they'll, they'll buy anyone that wants to come to their team. That's correct. Yeah, and they have unlimited funds, so that's exactly. what they can do. Um, running tight on time here, so let's wrap this up uh, quickly. All these saves renews till twenty twenty seven. Um, he's had appearances for Mayfica, official appearances, two hundred and two goals conceded, eighty seven clean sheets. He's got one red card um, in his time at Mayfica, which was in the eighteen nineteen season in a two to four loss or a two to four win at Alvalade. Uh, against Sporting um, in this season, I had the stat here and I think I lost it. Um, this season alone, hold on a second. He has something crazy like fifteen clean sheets in twenty-three games in the league, <laughs> which is wild. And I know that clean sheets and goal conceded plays a part in the team and a part the defense that's in front of you, right? So there's a huge team effort there. Um, but I'll ask you guys, Oscar, I'll start with you. Does this show that Benfica, that he's in Benfica's plans for the near future, or is it more of a Benfica protecting their asset, knowing that his contract is running down and knowing that he's the have today, right? So one showing confidence in, but two protecting the asset and not running the risk of losing a goalkeeper that is an international, um, for a free cost. Let me, let me, like, I've always defended um, Adi. I mean, I defended him when he lost his spot to Elton, Elton Late, um, and I'll, I keep defending him. Um, is there part of the game that I think he, he can improve on, like the penalty kicks or, or the feet? Yes, 100%. But if he was good at those things, he wouldn't be in Benfica right now. All right. But somebody, a big shower came in already and bought him. Um, Oscar, that's negative with... mentality talking about players leaving Benfica. What's wrong well, with you? It's <laughs> well, he gave we talked about Grimaldo last last year, right? At the end of the year, he gave an interview saying he wanted to leave, like so. Yeah. So, and and it's a fact, he, and Audi did it too. Saying, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. Audi did the same thing, he said he wanted to leave, he was done at Benfica, and now he's a starter and he's playing well, 15 clean sheets in 23 games. Um, like I said, the whole team is clicking, is playing well. Does he deserve it to renew? I 100% agree to renew it, and then see what what happens. Because I know we, I know from what I'm thinking in Costa's view is he has a lot of faith in Samuel, the the B goalkeeper that came up to the A team. Um, yep. he, he he won as the the youth league and all that, and he's 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 seemed like a decent goalkeeper. So we'll see how uh, how he pans out. But right now he's not a, a sure thing. So secure your asset. Let, let's let's see how it uh, rolls out, and then if somebody comes in and buys him, and you want to buy some some a backup, go ahead. But I think right now it's a good idea to renew and secure him. I okay. I uh, I kind of agree with Oscar, um, except for the the youth goalie that he mentioned. I think it's the other goalie that they're looking to kind of climb up the ranks is that Andre Ferreira guy. I think his name is Dragons. Dragons. Yeah, that guy, the one that was. But he's also he's like seventeen. 
Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's the I think that's the Coley that they have their eye on. Um, yep. I do think I kind of agree with what Joey just said. I think we need to find another backup. I think yep. Odie's a great, solid goalie. I don't think he's like an old block or Edison type goalie. Yeah. Um, like no, if he was, said, yeah. if he was, he would probably be, be out of here. But I think Odie's a goalie that can play a Benfica and, and he can perform. The only thing that's that I struggle with is if if we get goes to PKs, I know we're gonna lose because that guy can't <laughs> say what for the life of him. Yeah. Um, that's the only issue I really ever had with Odie. I, I know people complain about his footwork, uh, like the playing the ball on his feet. I think he's not the greatest, but I don't think he's also the worst either. I think he's like in the middle. But a guy between the posts, I That's think he's very, very solid. Um, but I kind of agree. Like, I think they're waiting for the play. I think it's going to be that that kid that you guys mentioned and not, not so well. But I think we do need to find another Elton Late type goalie, someone to kind of compete with him because um, he, he needs that competition because I think having late there kind of lit a fire on his ass. He didn't like probably being benched yep. um, a year ago or how he, how, I, I just think that we, we need one more, one more goalie overall. Yeah. Having right. Like there's two young kids sitting in his shoulders is like, are they, I'm going to really have to fuck up for them to actually take my spot. Um, exactly. Because we should get novice, maybe, but his salary's too high. Yeah, no, we, we, we talk- went through that. <laughs> yeah, I think his salary is way too high. I don't think we'd be able to do that. Um, just from a penalty perspective, in his career, Audi has eight saved penalties and 54 scored. So his Dude, numbers are. They, 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 they could just go find a goalie in Portugal, like one of those goalies that fucking has like an amazing game, like Bracali or whatever. Yeah, that always plays good against us. Yeah, so you could yeah. do like Portugal get uh, Samuel Portugal from Portimonense and then he yeah. doesn't play <laughs> the goalie that's at 40 minutes now is not too bad the japanese guy he looked good the other day i think it was against sporting a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um that we had a couple of more topics but we'll push those off till next week Benfica plays meritimu next on sunday at the weekend we had previously talked about the match fixtures in march um we have four family count bruges meritimu vitoria you know this month we got big game against Maritimo away um, they've been playing better recently um, typically it's a tough place to go so I envision and, and again with the, the season you know closer and closer to an end teams needing to get away from the relegation zone these games are going to get tougher and tougher and tougher um, and I envision again another difficult game on Sunday um, hopefully we don't have um, a lull after a European match. Um, there's a lot of times where teams come out of a European match and kind of have a dud performance. I hope that's not the case. Um, but time will tell. So Sunday against Meritu, uh, a big one for us. Um, for those of you that were in the chat, appreciate everyone jumping in, joining the conversation. We had a lot of comments. We had a lot of uh, regulars. We had a handful of new names that were in there, so we appreciate that. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on the various uh, social media platforms. We appreciate it. As always, gentlemen, uh, a pleasure chatting with you guys. We'll be back next week after the Meritimu game. Uh,